Hi, and welcome to the Fearless Podcast with Tracy Eckert, the show where we discuss kingdom truths to fast track you into a fearless life. Hey, good morning. Uh, Welcome to Fearless. I am your host, Tracy Eckert, and today we're going to do a Bible study. And today my message, something that the Lord really put on my heart as we um, are headed into the last days, is the final test before promotion. And I feel like many in the body of Christ right now are, um, are really at a place where they've been tested in the wilderness and they are ready for the things of God. They're ready for, to step into the things that have been promised to them for years and years. And I, and I really wanted to share this with you because there is, there, the thing about a wilderness is a wilderness is a place of testing. And where the Lord is trying to take us is to a place of, of dominion and authority. And that's really the, what we have in our hearts and that's really what we want to see happen. But it's like, it's like it, it, it over the years has been beyond our reach. And so I wanted to um, just share with you and, and, and start um, first of all with a prayer and then I want to read out of the book of Romans. And so Father, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that it would go like a sword and it would separate between soul and spirit. Father, I pray that this word would convict us of how we've been living opposite of the way that you want us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start by um, uh, quoting uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Um, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to, every single one of us, we have in our hearts a longing and a desire for adoption, to be in the family of God, that God is our Father. We want to be uh, and have sonship um, through the Spirit. And so I hear this quoted all the time, but the reality of it in our lives is is often quite different. Um, we say we're led by the Spirit of God, but in actuality, a lot of times we're led by our emotions or we are led by our experiences and our mind. You know, um, so many of us through the years, we have, we have invested ourselves in the Western world in education, um, which is good. It's, it's good, you know, we want, we want to know the Word of God and, and we want to be educated and knowledgeable people. But when we lean on that as our primary source, instead of leaning on God and leaning on Jesus, leaning on the leadership of his, and the leadership of his, of his spirit, then we're actually not sons, we're orphans. And what a son does is a son always goes to his father. He always goes to his father and finds the answer here first and then asks him, how, what, when, where, and we think to ourselves when we, when we, when I say that, we're almost offended because we're like, look, I am knowledgeable. I know how to get myself there. 
And, and my testimony is that <clears throat> I've been given a lot of gifts by the Lord for building. You know, I know how to build. I know how to build businesses. I was building businesses before I ever got saved and um, successfully. And so I felt like I had a, a certain uh, knowledge base and experience that could get me where I needed to go in God. But that is the opposite of what he's looking for it, right here. He's saying this, the sons of God are, are led by the Spirit of God. And, um, and it's not just in God things. It is in all things, all aspects of our life. And then it actually says that, that all of creation is actually groaning for these sons to rise up in this, this level of dependency on the Holy Spirit in order to, to lead them and guide them. And, and in that place of, of, of fully yielding ourselves to the leadership of Jesus, what happens is that in this place, not only are we, uh, we cry out Abba, Abba Father in this place, um, which means that we are fully in the adoption and in the family of God, but we actually will then be, be joint heirs with him. And I, I don't know about you, but I get really excited at the thought that um, I get to participate in the inheritance of Christ. And that, that really, um, to me, that's what I want. I want to have a story and an inheritance that lasts for eternal, eternity, that is eternal. And so, um, anyway, all right. So, the final test. So, the final test, what the Lord showed me, the final test is the test of presumption. Um, this seems... Uh, uh, like it's not a big deal. You would think the final test would be, um, you know, that we've overcome sin or the final test is that we'd overcome this or that or the other. But the final test the Lord showed me is presumption. And what do I mean by that? Well, let me go in and um, read to you the definition of presumption. So presumption, I have 16 font, so I don't really need these that much. But, oh, there it is. Um, presumption is the belief on reasonable grounds or probable evidence. It's to take something for granted or to suppose that you know the outcome. To act or proceed with unwarrantable or impertinent boldness. So in other words, it's that I take for granted that I know the direction or I know the way I'm supposed to go instead of inquiring upon the Lord. To presume when the direction or the conclusion is obvious. So there's a lot of things we can do in our lives and you look at them and you think, oh, well, you know, I've got this, I've got this contract that's supposed to close or I've got this deal that's supposed to close or I've got this business um, situation that's presented ourselves. And so every single day, what we do is we are sons and daughters and we walk through life. We journey through life. And what Jesus did is he, he did what he saw the Father doing, and he said what he heard the Father saying. And so he, as a son, was fully yielded to the Father. Remember, he kept saying over and over, I'm not here to do my own will, but I'm here to do the will of the Father. And so we, he was the firstborn of many brethren. In other words, he was the first son that broke through, so now we can break through. And we're supposed to live in the same kind of way where we're fully dependent on God. 
And it takes a lot for that to happen because, again, our knowledge, our experience, our emotions, our pride, um, all of these things are keeping us from, from um, keeping us in a place of presumption where we presume that we know the answer, but in fact, God is saying you actually don't know. And a lot of times what we've done is because we've presumed that we know the direction, the answer, the solution, uh, the strategy, um, what's happened is we've gone around, we've, we've led ourselves instead of being led by God, and we've led ourselves into a ditch. And then we find ourselves in a situation where we're like, help, help, get me out of this trouble, you know? And, um, and he does, he saves us out of it, but it's like, man, if you wanna get out of this wilderness, this is gonna have to be the way that you live from now on. And so part of that process is um, dying dying to ourselves, dying to our own thinking, dying to our own understanding, um, and dying to our own knowledge. Um, because it really is only the knowledge of God that we're gonna need in the days to come. The thing about presumption is presumption is subtle. Um, it's not something that's glaring like sin of greed or pornography or gossip. It's something that we just do because we've been raised in it all of these years. And actually we've been praised for it all of these years, especially if you've had a lot of success in the earth, then presuming into living in the, or, or presuming that you know the way, or you know how, or you know when, or you know what, is easy. Because we've been successful to a degree, but the Lord is saying, I really wanna promote you and accelerate you in the, in the areas of the supernatural so that there can be true fruit and multiplication and my inheritance will be there. So over, overcoming presumption is really the final nail in the coffin for us. It's the final place where, it's, it's the place where we know that we know that we know that it's done. It is done. It is over. I, I have fully surrendered myself when I've surrendered my mind, my will, and my emotions to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When you've surrendered your wisdom and your knowledge, your emotions and your experience with God, that's when God is saying, get ready because acceleration is coming. Um, it's interesting about emotions because a lot of people are led by their emotions. And, um, and we have, um, and I'm going to show you a, a tale of two kings in the Bible where this, in fact, happened. But it says, um, the Bible says, you know, sin, uh, anger is not a sin, but to sin in your anger is wrong. And so what happens is that... W if we're led by our emotions into a direction or to make a decision, that's actually a sin. And you can take in the, it, where, it's, where it says that about anger, do not sin in your anger. You can put anything in there. You can put fear. Do not sin in your fear. In other words, do, don't let fear be your guide. Don't let anger be your guide don't let grief be your guide, but let the Holy Spirit be what guides us. And I, I wanna tell you about the tale of two kings um, that we can really learn from and glean from out of uh, the book of 
First Samuel. So you can look at um, you can look at King Saul and you can look at King David. And the two of these, there is a stark difference between these two kings and how they operated. And so we can learn a real lesson about how we too can operate. And so you've got you've got Saul. Samuel anoints him as king. And he says to him here in um, in First Samuel uh, chapter 12, verse 14, if you fear the Lord, serve him and obey his voice. These three things, fear the Lord, serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandments of the Lord. Then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then he will hand, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. And so he's basically, this is Samuel the prophet, and he's basically saying to the people and to King Saul, here's how I want you to live. This is the first time that Israel's ever had a king. King Saul's the first one. And so he gave to him three things that you have to do. You have to follow the voice of the Lord. You have to fear the Lord. And you have to, one more thing. Hold on. One more thing. You have to fear the Lord, serve him, and obey his voice. Okay, so those three things. Very interesting because those are the three things that the Lord is saying to us today. There is no, there's no other, um, there's no, you can't, there's no shadow of turning in this. As it was with Jesus, there's no shadow of turning. It's not a partial. You can't partially fear the Lord. You cannot, it's like being pregnant. You can't be almost pregnant or partially pregnant. You're pregnant. And, and it's the same with being a son. Being a son is hearing his voice, obeying his voice, fearing the Lord. And the thing about fear of the Lord, it's not that you're scared. It's that you um, have a reverence for God. You are so in love with him that the thought of not following him um, with wholeheartedness, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even come into your mind. All right, so Saul, in a very short period of time, actually ends up disobeying the Lord, and this is how he does it. Um, Samuel gives him instructions on what to do. He's out with the Philistines. Samuel gives him instructions. Wait for me because I'm going to come and, um, and I am going to provide the sacrifice. Um, and even though you're at battle with the Philistines, um, you have to wait for me. So all of the people, the Philistines are now um, attacking them. And, 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 and they are um, the, the children of Israel. And the men, the, the fighting men, the warring men with um, Saul um, are terrified. And so it says that they are actually hiding themselves in caves. And they actually began to leave um, Saul, King Saul. And so he got fearful. And, um, and in the process, Samuel was late in coming. He was waiting for Samuel. Samuel was late. And so he took matters in his own hand. And he, um, he led the people, got a sacrifice together and led the people in that. And it says this um, in chapter 13, when Samuel finally comes, chapter 13, verse 11, Samuel said, what have you done to Saul? 
And Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed, that the Philistines gathered together against them, okay? Then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. So he's saying, I felt something. I, he had an emotion. I felt compelled. So what happened is pressure came on his life. So the people were gonna leave him and the people were upset with him. And so he felt compelled. In other words, he felt afraid um, and he didn't have a fear of the Lord. He had a fear of man and he had a fear of loss, of losing um, his position. And he had a fear about losing before the Philistines. So Samuel said this in verse 13, to Saul, he said, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. As the, and, the Lord, uh, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. And so it's interesting that it was presumption that, had, that, that caused Saul to lose the kingdom. He he saw something and he, he operated in his own strength, his own understanding, his own emotions, and he was led by his own will. He went outside of what the Lord commanded him. And so if you fast forward a couple of chapters here in um, Samuel, you will find another test where Samuel, uh, uh, Samuel goes and he anoints David king. And um, if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, um, we know the story of David and how David faithfully, he wrestled the bear, he wrestled the lion. Um, he, was a, he was a man after God's own heart. And so he was a man that was driven by passion and love and the fear of God and, um, and had a heart for God. And, um, and so even though he was anointed king, he actually didn't become king for several years, whereas Saul was anointed king and immediately became king. Um, but David actually had to go through a lot in order to become king. <clears throat> so I love the heart of David and how he didn't get into presumption, but he really followed, he had a fear of God. He, heard, he would not go outside of God's voice or his commandments, but he followed him beautifully. And so here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> so. Um, there are several opportunities. You know, he slayed Goliath. He slayed the 10,000. Saul got jealous of him. Saul began to pursue David to kill him. And so David had to go into the wilderness and live in caves. And he had 400 mighty men that joined him. And it said that these 400 men were, um, were actually discouraged. They were in debt. They, uh, you know, they weren't the, the, the top of the food chain in Israel. They were actually at the bottom. And so these men joined, these 400 men became um, David's mighty men. You know, if you, wanna, if you wanna slay a giant, you follow a giant slayer. And so they had great exploits with David and um, they ended up joining forces eventually with the Philistines and the Philistines gave them, the king of the Philistines gave them 
um, a city called Ziklag, and they kind of settled there with their wives. And by this time, David had um, had married and he had children. And and then you've got the mighty men who have all kind of settled down and they have wives and children. So they had settled into this area called Ziklag, and um, and it was just a remarkable time. They were they were you know starting to set up house, but but David and his mighty men had joined the Philistines for a battle. They came home early from the battle. And when they came back to Ziklag, um, it says here in chapter 30, uh, verse 1, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and had burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great and they did not kill anyone but carried them away to their way and so they took all of David and his mighty men they took their wives and their children so they had been fighting David had been in the wilderness all of this time he had been tested time and again and can you imagine the level of exhaustion of fighting all of these battles hiding from Saul Saul still trying to kill them um, <clears throat> And they come back from this battle. And they're in a weakened state, both, both physically and emotionally. And it says that, the, that these mighty men were so distraught that they picked up stones and they wanted to kill David. So again, he finds himself in a situation where he needs to make a decision. But this is what he does. Now David was greatly, uh, verse, uh, chapter 30, verse 6, now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? I mean, it seems kind of obvious that you're gonna go up and you're gonna take them. Now remember that, that, that time is important right now because they've just taken off. You don't know if they're gonna kill them or not kill them. That you don't know if, they, that if their wives are, so they're on the clock. And he sets himself apart and he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do anything until I hear from God. So David inquired of the Lord and said, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So after this, we see that the Philistines actually in the battle that they were in, that David had just left. They actually kill Saul and they kill Jonathan. And right after David passed this test of presumption, he became king of Judah and king of Israel. So I want to tell you something. <clears throat> I believe that right now the body of Christ is in a huge test. And the Lord is saying, let go of every opinion of your thoughts, of even your, the things that you've learned in the past. 
It's not that God is not going to use a lot of the wisdom that you've learned, but we can't use our wisdom or our knowledge apart from His direction. We have to be led by the Spirit of God and grounded in the Word of God. These are the ones who are going to be accelerated and will do great exploits in the days to come. And so I want to pray a prayer over you so that you will be strengthened in the Lord just as David was. So, Father, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you, Father, that you are very clearly saying, lean in on me. For I am looking for those who are wholeheartedly mine, who are in my family. And God, I pray right now for everyone that's listening. God, that you would give them the strength to lean in. And God, I just pray, Father, that every way that we haven't followed you wholeheartedly in our minds, in our will, in our strength, and in our emotions, God, we are so sorry. We repent, God, and we turn ourselves back to you, and we fully yield ourselves to your leadership. And so I bless you in this, in Jesus' name, and I just declare to you that you will run and not grow weary and that you have the strength of the Holy Spirit to accomplish all that the Lord has commanded you to accomplish. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Podcast. If you love the show, help us grow by leaving a five-star review and hitting that subscribe button. Follow at Tracy Eckert on Instagram to stay in touch with us. And don't forget to head over to TracyEckert.com to check out Tracy's books, merch, and her Fearless Mentorship Program. Thank you again. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time on Fearless.